On today's show, the passenger pigeon. These fast-flying birds once numbered in the billions and migrated in unimaginably huge flocks all over North America. For millions of years, they helped themselves to a cornucopia of fruits and seeds without a care in the world. But their feces-fueled reign would soon come to a swift end. Welcome to Extinction Event, a podcast about extinct and soon-to-be-extinct animals. I'm your host, Melissa Thomas. And I'm a guest, Jack Collier. You're not a guest. And I am this week's co-host, Jack Collier. Ah. Okay, so we should get started. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk about the passenger pigeon today with you, Jack. I am excited, too. I love the passenger pigeon. I actually know a little bit about it. Mm. I'm surprised that you know anything at all about the passenger pigeon. It was just one of those Wikipedia black hole type things you hear about and then learn, you know, start reading. And then that leads to another event or another Mm -hmm. article and another. And after a while, you've works almost over and you can go home. Right. (laughs) You just kept clicking until the last click of the day. Mm hmm. All right. Well, let's get started. What did this passenger pigeon look like? Well, they were smaller than the modern city pigeon. The male was a dullish blue with a copper-colored breast. The female was more brown or beige. They were similar to the morning dove, if you're familiar with those. Oh, yeah. Seen those. Yeah. They were fast. It's estimated that they could fly around 60 miles per hour. Their flocks numbered in the millions, possibly even billions. And these birds would pass overhead all at once, hence the name Passenger Pigeon. Oh, Uh, that vaguely kind of makes sense. These mega flocks would cover the sky as far as you could see, blocking out the sun for hours, possibly even up to three whole days at a time. This whole three whole days thing... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure I really believe that. It seems a bit much. They, like, if it's going to last for three days, these pigeons must be pulling some shit on you. Because they are, like, turning around <laughs> and coming back. And like, they're just flying in a big circle. You gotta, that's like a flock of a trillion if, <laughs> if it's going to take three days to fly by you. No. It, exactly. I think we just figured it out there that they are just flying in a circle around, I don't know, the tri-state area. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, moving on. The forests they roosted and nested in would be covered like a swarm of bees whenever they showed up. And the tree branches would just break from the weight. So they would just come in, swoop down in a forest, and instantly cover it. Yeah, have you ever seen those guys who do, like, the bee beards, or they, they allow a bunch of bees to cover their entire body? Oh, yeah, sure. So that imagine that. It's birds, and instead of a man... It's a tree. Yes. Okay, so you painted a nice picture. As far as <laughs> how many birds are occupying these trees? A and, lot. Right. So there's a lot of birds. The areas they're in are very loud, and also, understandably... There's a pretty thick layer of pigeon dung, and that might seem inconvenient. In the short term, sure, 
they're destroying forests and it's really stinky. There's a bunch of dung everywhere. But after some time, these roosting grounds become incredibly fertile farming land. Hey, that's a fertilizer. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? Well, for thousands of years, the Native Americans and the passenger pigeons are coexisting pretty harmoniously together. Sure, you know, the Native Americans are eating the passenger pigeons. They're pretty tasty. It also turns out they're really easy to kill. Not a quality you want in your species if you're trying to avoid extinction. Easy to kill. Well, at this point, billions of birds... They're not really thinking about extinction. And they also, at this point, had not evolved some of the more defensive maneuvers that you see in modern pigeons. Back then, you could just poke them out of the trees with sticks, or you could just grab one off of a branch with your bare hands. (laughs) They were just nature's all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. Poking with a stick as a form of hunting, (laughs) it seems underappreciated it does <laughs> it's endearing to Wait, just visualize is, is there that. any other animal that that works poking with a stick it's like if you're hunting a marshmallow <laughs> it does it does seem kind of crazy that all it would take is one little poke and the pigeon's dead <laughs> they're very fragile these pigeons i guess it's really startled like oh that stick's getting awfully close next thing you know <laughs> It does seem noble, like a noble way to hunt that I'm sure was passed down from generation to generation. Native Americans of like selecting a nice stick, going up to the tree, thrusting the stick into the general direction of the oh, birds, yeah. and collecting them. Back then, it was probably poke stickers versus hand grabbers, you know, and there was uh, like a rivalry off, there. It probably started off with hands. And then the first guy to pick up a stick, like all the hand people are like, what are you, too good to grab with your hands? You got to use a stick. (laughs) All right. So the Native Americans and the passenger pigeons are coexisting together. They're not taking more than they can eat. And all is well. But then the Europeans arrive. The Europeans first have contact with the pigeons around the 1500s, and they just go wild on these things. Their thirst for pigeon blood is insatiable. I mean, they're not actually drinking the blood, but you know what I mean. It's free food. Mm -hmm. It is the uh, bottomless, what do they have at Olive Garden? Breadsticks. It is the bottomless breadsticks of the 1500s. Indeed. Once you know that there's no limit on it, you can't stop at just one. So they go on a rampage, and it's the squabs, those are the younger birds, that they want. Because they're tastier than the older, tougher birds. They're poking these pigeons with sticks, whacking them with clubs, throwing rocks at them. They're also doing some sneakier things, like uh, feeding them alcohol-soaked grain setting fire to their roosting trees, capturing them in giant nets, and also throwing potatoes at them. Oh. (laughs) All very time-honored ways of killing birds, but I'm especially heartened to see the throwing potatoes. It's not as elegant as poking them with a stick, but uh, 
I imagine that could do some damage if you got a big enough potato. If you gave me a potato right now, I could definitely kill a bird with it. My aim's a little off, but I feel like I could get the velocity to I can knock a bird's head off. Yeah. Potato. That would do damage. It's very cool. Unheralded way of extincting animals, really. There should be a flag somewhere with an emblem <laughs> of a pigeon and a I'm sure somewhere in some New England town, there there is the town flag of a settler throwing a potato at a at a pigeon. God bless them for having that. It's like that town that has the guy wrestling the Indian. You've seen this. I have. I've, is he wrestling him? That seems like a nice. Like I'm word. being nice, saying that it's wrestling, but there. I I don't know if this has been resolved. Yes, this came through the news. Like I want to say a year ago. But there was like a small town where their town crest was a guy, a white guy, like literally strangling an Indian. <laughs> yes, he's strangling him. His hands are around his neck. And it had been the town crest for like hundreds of years. And they kept saying like, oh, no, they're just wrestling. <laughs> but the, the Indian guy's like arms are up and is like, they might as well have X's over his eyes. And the other guy has his, just wringing his neck. I've I've seen the flag that you're talking about, and I don't know a whole lot about wrestling, but I'm fairly certain you would be disqualified for doing <laughs> that move. Well, you want to keep going? Mm-hmm. Even with all of this killing, we're talking about a population of birds estimated from three to five billion, making up 40% of all birds in North America at that time. Even at the rate we were going, we probably never could have killed them all. But then, in the mid-1800s, a couple things happened that the pigeons never saw coming. Those stupid idiots. Say hello to railroads and the telegraph. The railroad system starts expanding to more remote places. And expansion of telegraph wires makes long-distance communication possible. So now whenever a flock of pigeons is spotted somewhere remote, anyone can be notified of the location. They can go to that location, kill a bunch of pigeons, and then ship them back to a city on a railroad car. The perfect crime. A profitable pigeon industry is born, complete with professional pigeoners. Those aren't the dudes who hang out on the top of buildings and keep a bunch of pigeons. These pigeoners are using big nets and, with the help of stool pigeons, are trapping hundreds and thousands of pigeons at a time. Time out. What's a stool pigeon? A stool pigeon is an actual pigeon that has defected to the other side. So they made a conscious decision (laughs) to betray their species. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I think there was a sort of a trying out process, a tryout. Not any pigeon can be a stool pigeon. You had to have certain qualities that made you good. How, well, how did they make them a stool pigeon? So what they were doing was blinding them to get them to be more docile, I guess. They would actually sew their eyelids shut. and Ooh. Yeah. And then just prop them up by the net. And the pigeons flying by would see the pigeon down there and I guess go and check it out. So here comes a billion birds flying by and they see one on the ground next to a net. And they're like, whoa, he looks like he's having a good time. Hey, everybody. That's basically the plan as I understand it. They would sprinkle the net 
area with foods. Oh. So the stool pigeon it looks like an early adopter. It's like, this guy found a bunch of food. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Now I get it. You think they noticed that his eyes were so shut? I'm going to say no. They're just thinking about the food at that yeah. point. Yeah. So now all the pigeons are in a net and their heads are sticking out of the holes in the net. And you'd have to use pliers to break their necks at that point. A lot of people actually just found it easier to bite the neck of the pigeon with their teeth. Gross. Yeah. Teeth, nature's pliers. Don't knock it till you tried it. No thanks. What are we using these pigeons for? They're used as food. Even high-end restaurants in New York had them on their menu. The fat is used as shortening and for soap. Their feathers are used in pillows and beds. Other parts are used for medicinal reasons. They smoke them, huh? <laughs> you ever smoked a pigeon? Pigeon part? <laughs> no, sir. And of course, we're shooting them just for fun. For sport. Go sports! Shooting matches and trap shooting become very popular. Uh, trap shooting is when you shove a pigeon into a little box, fling it into a shooting area. It's kind of stunned. Then a bunch of dudes are there to shoot it. Huh. It's pretty easy. Yeah, I'm familiar. I have played Duck Hunt on the NES, and there is a trap shooting. Is there? Yeah, but it's like more of a clay disc. Okay. But I, I assume the clay disc is based off of... Yeah, it's that's called a, a clay pigeon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was like taking your duck hunt gun directly up to the screen, <laughs> shooting it point blank. Yes, and we've all done it. If you say that you haven't put your gun right up to the screen and fired point blank to murder those ducks, you're a liar. Yeah, we've all... Yes. Extinction Event is sponsored by Mammoth Bar. Melissa, uh, if you had three words to describe Mammoth Bar, what would they be? Chewy, fruity, nutty. Wow, what a quick response. And (laughs) accurate to what Mammoth Bar actually tastes like. I know what Mammoth Bar is. You're acting like I never had one of these things. Time out, everybody. Please, Melissa, take the stage and tell us i've had a few mammoth bars in my day all right all right have you ever thought about the delicious taste of vanilla almond cashew cinnamon goji berry trail mix and macadamia coconut yeah i think about that stuff when i'm tickling the ivories as you know they're also free of harmful additives and they're cleaner and more nutritious than those other bars are you kidding me? I haven't told you the best part. Lay it on me. There's only 9 grams of sugar and 12 grams of protein packed in this bad boy. Dear God, that's a lot of protein. Next you're going to tell me they're gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free with no fillers. I was just about to tell you that. Where can I get my hands on such a delicious-sounding bar? I head on over to mammothbar.com. That's mammothbar.com. On the internet? On the interwebs. You can even order a trial pack. Hold on, I was just bringing it up here on my Wi-Fi piano. Let me just go into... Oh, I see from their website they have vanilla almond, cashew cinnamon, goji berry, and macadamia coconut. I'm just going to order a variety pack right here, and it'll send it right to my house. And Oh, it's on its way. Well. That's Mammoth Bar, baby. That is indeed. 
You know their tag. No weird stuff, baby. <laughs> Well, moving on. It's almost as if we couldn't physically stop ourselves from shooting them. If you did have a gun, you could shoot at a flock and actually kill dozens, if not hundreds at a time, they say. People even complained that the noise of guns being fired at passing pigeons was so relentless that they couldn't concentrate on their work or whatever they were doing. Just probably trying to survive from the 1800s. Battling cholera or... A hangnail, which probably meant certain death. So all of this killing, along with the help of the railroad and the telegraph, start taking its toll. It's becoming obvious that their numbers are dwindling. There are only a few of the really large flocks left. One of these flocks roosts in Petoskey, Michigan, and a scene of utter carnage ensues. People gather from great distances to Petoskey to participate in a full month and a half of unhinged killing. A month and a half? Yeah. Jeez. They're just taking this flock out. It's relentless. People were calling it pigeon fever. My question is, why didn't the pigeons just fly away? (laughs) It could have been because they were nesting. Okay, that makes sense. It was relentless. There was just no stopping the killing. But good news. At this point, finally, public opinion starts to turn around. Not everyone approved of the insane killing spree we were on. Some states even started to employ laws to protect the pigeons, mostly the squabs. And even hunting clubs spoke out against it. The Michigan Sportsmen Association was one of those clubs, and they attempted to enforce the laws during the Petoskey incident. But I'm on edge here. They weren't really taken very seriously, and no one really paid attention to any of those laws. They're basically the jaywalking laws of the 1800s. People were had gotten used to being able to close their eyes and shoot pigeons and basically throw potatoes and kill them, poke them with sticks, and then one day that's all fine and dandy. The next day you're telling me that's against the law? I don't think so. By the end of the 1800s, there's only a handful left. Wait, time out. I kind of skipped forward there. It went from billions to now a handful in less than, what, 50 years? Yes. So we know there's only a handful left. We're trying to get our hands on the handful that are left. The conservationists and zoos are trying to do this. And whenever they send out a notice, hey, could somebody bring us some pigeons? They just come back dead or a hunter kills them in the process of trying to acquire one for those people. Purely a reflex action at this point. Probably the conservationists are the ones killing them. (laughs) You know, they start this thing feeling guilty for wiping out. And it's just every time they come in contact, they can't help but like, bite a head off or something you're like i'm so sorry i just i've done it so many millions of times i didn't know what i'm doing oh i keep killing them so even with only a couple left we just couldn't stop ourselves at this point there's like around a dozen passenger pigeons in captivity 
the hey guys thanks for coming to the uh, passenger pigeon conservation society it's our job to protect these last 12 <coughs> 11 <laughs> passenger pigeons i know it's hard but we gotta stop killing them it goes against everything in our bodies please we gotta save them these last nine pigeons Oh, yeah, the, those pigeons, almost all of them die, and we don't even bother to save the bodies. We just kind of throw them in the garbage. You're disgusted with yourself. <laughs> yeah. You put true. all this time and effort to conserving these birds. You slip up one time and bite its head off, and you don't want to see that headless body. You yeah. just throw it in the garbage. It's like you're taking out that pint of ice cream and the freezer you don't want to see that lying around yeah you're the- <laughs> some empty carton like guiltily staring you in the face exactly just throw it in the garbage you might even take it out to the curb because you don't want to see it every time you go back to the garbage and open it up if you're really guilty you might bury that carton in the backyard <laughs> Okay, there's one left. Guys, serious this time. (laughs) There's only one left. We can't kill it or eat it. This one has a name. (laughs) Nobody, we named it. So if you kill it, you're killing something that's got a name. And everyone's going to know. They're not going to be like, did you kill that passenger pigeon? It's going to be, did you kill Martha Washington? (laughs) Which I imagine is like, uh, what, what's the name we can give us? Nobody will kill it. Yeah, uh, Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> if you kill it, everyone's gonna know that you killed Martha Washington, and we will spread that rumor. Yeah. So Martha's living in the Cincinnati Zoo, and before the other ones had died, we actually tried to hook her up with another passenger pigeon, and his name was. George. Oh. You know. I see. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice of them to keep her integrity intact. You know, <laughs> you can't be naming a pigeon Martha Washington and then having her cheat on George with some other pigeon. It was sweet, but they just weren't into each other and uh, nothing came of it. Sometimes it just doesn't jibe. They tried desperately to find her a mate that might still be out there in the wild. And, you know, again, they're like, we're going to pay you money if you bring us a pigeon that Martha can have sex with, please. But we just can't find one. Or what often happened is people would bring in dead mourning doves. They would confuse a mourning dove for a passenger pigeon, shoot it and bring it in. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll work. We're trying to find this uh, passenger pigeon to breed with the last passenger pigeon. And then someone brings in a dead bird like, oh, we found one. And they what? They throw the dead bird into the cage with Martha and hope that (laughs) hope for the best. (laughs) Okay. You two have fun. (laughs) Pregnant yet, Martha? (laughs) So Martha Washington... The bird dies in 1914. And sadly, with no more pigeons to shoot, we had to resort to shooting clay pigeons. A true tragedy for the United States of America. And it would be at least 100 years before Duck Hunt on the NES would come out. 
Well, good news though, they actually do save Martha's body. Probably threw it in with the dead, the other dead one. Be like, well, you guys have fun. (laughs) (laughs) They freeze her body in a 300 pound block of ice and ship her to the Smithsonian, where she is taxidermied. And strangely, they save her heart, which I wanted to do a little bit more research on. Like, what happened to that heart? What's the deal? Is that some like. We know what happened. (laughs) They made a little turkey jerky out of it. (laughs) Someone popped it in their mouth. Probably during the taxidermy process. They said it couldn't be done. They said we'd never extinguish a species that numbered in the billions. But we did. USA. USA. And we did it in an impressively short period of time. After the fact, some people didn't think we were responsible for the extinction. So let's talk about some of those alternative theories that surfaced. One of these was that they all drowned in Lake Michigan. They committed suicide by flying into flames. Another, they're hiding out in Arizona, Chile, Chile, or Australia. I like how they, they've uh, just given them the uh, the Nazi uh, escape. <laughs> Are Nazis in Arizona? Did they yeah. flee there? Oh, yeah. I don't mean, started. I mean, back but in like, the day. But like, you know, down in Argentina, <laughs> basically, all the, the rumors of what actually happened to Hitler first were workshopped with passenger pigeons. <laughs> and one final reason, these aren't all of them, but this is the last one I'm going to give you, their inability to learn anything new or change its habits to meet the pressures of new conditions. Like getting shot with a gun. Well, if you didn't want to get killed, you shouldn't have got shot so much. I think deep down we just want these animals to evolve faster. Mm-hmm. You know, rise to the challenge of humans and coexist on our level. That's a novel way of thinking. About right. It. It's like, oh, you're in our world now. If you want to hang with us, you better evolve real quick. Right. we're going to explode you out of the air. So how could the passenger pigeon have prevented its own extinction? I think that the younger birds, the squabs, should have evolved to not taste so delicious. Because yeah, we're an easy solve. Yeah. Because what's ha- what happened there is if you're killing all of the babies, the babies aren't... Growing up and having more babies. Yeah. And the species starts to diminish in number. So there's one. Yeah, they hey, passenger pigeon don't want to go to extinct, then try not being so delicious. Exactly. I don't know. What else they could have done? Do you have any anything to throw in there? Oh. Um reinforced necks if they're getting their <laughs> heads bit off. Um they could have worn some like protective collar. How about hey, just split up? Why do you have to hang out with a billion other birds? You don't have to follow the crowd. Look where that got you. (laughs) Well, I'm sure there's a lot of things they could have done, but they didn't. So with that, I got to say, thanks for playing, Passenger Pigeon. Wish you didn't taste so good. Goodbye. Speaking of delicious animals, this week on Countdown to Extinction, the Ganges shark. The Ganges shark is found in the Ganges River in India. This shark is part of the Asian shark fin soup trade. Are you familiar with that? 
at all? Uh, a little bit. Uh, the basketball player Yao Ming is doing a lot of good work trying to prevent people from just basically ordering shark fin soup. So that's about the extent of my knowledge. Okay, okay. And well, he's, he's been very effective. Have you had shark fin soup? No! <laughs> good. So the update here is that we thought they were all gone, but they weren't. We what hadn't, happened? We hadn't seen one since 2006, but this year we found one in a Mumbai fish market, and it was dead. <laughs> <laughs> So I so the count was at zero. It went back to one, briefly. Briefly. Now it's back down to zero, maybe because there might still be some out there. We don't know yet. So wait, what are they? How are they getting these fins? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Jack. What they do is they cut the fins off of the shark and then toss it back into the water, the rest of the shark, where it just slowly sinks and dies. They don't even Brutal. eat the rest of the shark. Yeah. Brutal. Anyway, well, that about does it. To find out more about the passenger pigeon or the Ganges shark and how you can help protect endangered species everywhere, visit Extinction Event on Twitter at Extinction Pod. Next week on Extinction Event, the giant ground sloth. These elephant-sized stinky fur balls with claws the size of steak knives once dominated North and South America until mysterious circumstances wiped them off the face of the earth. So what happened? Tune in next time to find out. A Pig Leg Deer production. <laughs>